Welcome to Eagle Nation. Your hosts are Waza, Dan and Wayne. All right, it's Eagle Nation 2020, the season will what, Dan? We're back, mate. We're the podcast for the fans of the West Coast Eagles. Um, before we get into the footy, don't forget to join us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, we're back, that's for sure. But a little bit of a sombre feeling, isn't it? Oh, Wayne's not here, so we have to... Oh, yes, yeah. it's only two of us. I'm sure he's listening at home, though. Um, but yeah, very sombre feeling. Like, you're so glad round one came around and we got some footy. But obviously, as everyone knows now, it's cancelled and with uh, no games in the foreseeable future, no one even knows when it will start back up again. So, very weird feeling. It's weird. Um, yeah, I didn't really want to talk about the COVID-19 coronavirus, but it's in people's faces. It's affected everyone, um, sports competitions around the world. And AFL, well, you did say we got one round off and then we've cancelled it. And I know on a lot of social media pages, there was a lot of conjecture. Should we do it? Shouldn't we? I remember you saying yes. I was saying no. How can they do it? Well, now it's all said and done. I'm actually really glad they did. Because um, going into the pre-season matches, we always said, and we talked about this a lot, how they're not real games. You know, They hold back a bit. Players don't want to get injured. They don't have that real drive, you know, they have limited minutes. So having just even that one round, you saw, right, how is this team going to go? And I was actually very impressed at how the Eagles went. So at least we have that. Judging the team on the pre-season games is very hard. Judging them with a proper premiership game, completely different. Yeah, I was uh, probably one on social media that was saying, um, how can the AFL go ahead with it? Aren't they up with everything that's going on? But in saying that, once it started, I said, well, I watched every game. And I don't usually do that during the season, but I watched every game. Someone was telling me it wasn't going to last long, and we got to the last day on Sunday, and it's been cancelled. Um, let's not try and talk about COVID-19, because everyone's done it to death. Pardon the pun, sorry. Hopefully no one dies from it that we know. Um, but looking forward, will we get 17 games this season? Your honest opinion. 17 games. Well, how many have we had now? Nine? Or oh, 17 rounds, yeah. Yeah, 17 rounds. Uh, I so mean. 16 yeah. more rounds. I think we will, but it's not going to be in the traditional sense. I think everyone has to play everyone. I don't like it any less, and teams aren't playing each other. I don't like that. And um, it reminds me of the AFLW a little bit, because Paul Escott actually asked the question, uh, shouldn't a premiership be awarded to the AFLW because it got canned? My opinion, No. Because no. they got the two conference system. And they ran into the grand final yet. No, that's it. They didn't play grand final. They yeah. weren't even in finals. And you can't judge, right, this team was better than that team. Because with the two conference system they have, not every team played each other. So at one conference, which had Eagles and Freo in, could have been a weaker teams yeah. than the other conference. So you can't judge it by purely on win and loss either. And let's be honest, I think that was the case. Because Eagles won a game and we were quite quite deplorable, yeah. but we still managed not to win. So I'm going out on a limb and saying our pool wasn't as good, our conference wasn't as good. So you can't just award it to like no, you... team undefeated team. Everyone's no. got to play everyone once, and that's why I reckon they do have to have 17 rounds, because at the end of 17 rounds, or not even rounds, I think it'll be 
they will like not a carnival, but they will try and rush these games together. Play a couple times a week, even. Um, people watch NHL, uh, the ice hockey. Uh, they play almost daily. Like it doesn't stop that sport. Well, I'll talk about the AFLW firstly um, in relation to Port. No, look, no grand final. So, unfortunately, you can't give... uh, If it was a grand final gone the next week, yeah, maybe. But then, you know, there's two teams, so both teams can, you know, deserve it. And how many people finish... How many teams finish on top of a ladder in the AFL and never get to a grand final or win a grand final. The minor Very premierships, rare. Yeah, the minor premiership's a little bit of a curse. It doesn't yeah. usually happen. And I can understand Freo fans kicking up a little bit of a shit. They got so close, but they couldn't get it. But, well, look, something more important going on in life called the coronavirus. And um, if you're going to worry about a little cup that you couldn't get, that you, you know, you probably would have gone on and won it. And it, it hurts me saying, because I'm an Eagles fan, you probably would have gone undefeated. But... At the end of the day, we weren't at that point where you could give it like the Wildcats and the Kings in the basketball. Who wants a participation trophy? Yeah. Let alone a participation premiership. He'll have an asterisk on there. And, and it's probably the same with the 2020 season. It's going to have a little asterisk there at the end of the year, and that'll denote it was Corona season or whatever. I personally, if we're not back playing by mid June, I cannot see the season going ahead for the rest of it. All right. I think Gil wants to recuperate some of the loss. No, of course they've got money. I think, and he's flat out come and said he'll play the grand final in December if he has to. That I won't happen. They will. I, I, I personally think they will have a season. I think as long as everyone plays each other like once, even though that is shorter compared to normal rounds, then the winner of that premiership that year deserves it. Because if anything, that's a more even competition than we've ever had before. And it's a true telling of who the best and team is. still will have an asterisk up there. And it other fans from other do, teams will say, you know, what they do. Some of our Vic fans out there will testify to this, you know. They count premierships as AFL premierships from 100 years ago when you had to only beat three teams during yeah, well, the World Wars. And you stuff, only, we only went top. down to four. Yeah, so playing every team once in an 18-team comp you, it's win gonna, it, you deserve it. It's going to be interesting to see how football looks at whenever they start playing again um, next year. Who knows? This could be what the AFL actually needed to merge clubs, relocate clubs, and maybe go that where they wanted to fast track at ten years. And now they've been forced to because the economic situation will force them to it. Um, some clubs won't survive this. I, to be honest, I, the way that AFL works they will keep them. Uh, and it sounds brutal. Cut three Vic teams and cut Suns. And then you have, I've said it before, then you have 14 teams. You don't have to cut. Which will be 26 rounds. You don't have to cut it. And cut everyone them. can pay each other twice. Merge them. Well, Merge them and relocate them. I just, there's too many in Victoria and they're not sustainable. And yeah. not to sound arrogant, we've kept them, the AFL and a lot of these Vic teams afloat. They get million dollar handouts every year. Yep. Like, why is it a given right to have an AFL team? It's a business which everyone says, if you're not performing, you get dropped. Yep. If you get seriously injured, you get cut from the list. Why is it when it's the whole club, they're allowed to underperform and not be financially stable, but then get bailed out millions of dollars? It makes no sense to me. Yep. But I'm just going to go on to something that you've just brought up. But before I do, 
the Waffle, the NSAFL, the VFL, Amateurs, Juniors are all postponed to May 31st and now the AFL is. So if you've been living under a rock, that's when it's, that's where they earmark where they're hopefully they're back playing. So the players at the moment can't train at the club. They're allowed to go back to the club on April the 16th, I think, is the earliest they can go back to the club. So that's about four weeks. Um, but they will know as they get closer to those dates if that's going to be possible. Now, when you just basically said list, Wayne sent in a question, and this is it, boys. I was going to ask you about the waffle and the draft of 2020. His view is that the this year's draft should be cancelled completely and the clubs stay the same list. Well, the AFL's basically come out and said they want to cut 44 down to 38. And that was before the coronavirus come in for, for 2021. Yeah, I heard that on the radio. I hate that idea. I hate the idea of just let's make the list smaller. Because these are... This, this is, is what the coaches careers. want. This is people's careers, though, we're talking Yeah, but about. this is what the coaches want. And uh, this is before the virus hit. Yeah. Um, uh, Chris Scott was the person who started pushing it. Then Clarkson got onto it. And all the other coaches are in line. It, if you take six players from your list... It cuts two million dollars off the spending expenditure of a of a club per year. Well, why don't you cut these underperforming teams then? Well, that's it. Why would you drastically change the entire AFL and then give million dollar payouts to clubs that are underperforming that are running at a loss and will always run at a loss? Like you've got St Kilda and Dogs. I'll just throw them under the box. St Kilda, Dogs, North Melbourne. They've and... got, if you even yeah, but if you even count their VFL premierships, they've only had three, and that's because they've never had money. They've never been financially stable. Mm. So back in the day, people went to the Collingwoods and Carlton's that had money in the VFL yeah. because they could pay more because there wasn't salary caps mm. like we do today. So they've never been financially stable clubs, and it shows with the lack of success they have had. Um, Getting quickly to Wayne's question, they have to have a draft. They will have a draft. I have two reasons why. They said it it's probably, not going to be the same. They said it'd probably be two rounds, yeah, Max. Yeah, but I think the clubs will almost only want two because the scouts are fired now. There's no scouts. Why would you pay uh, someone at a club to scout when they can't scout anything? Yeah, but clubs um, always work two to three years ahead. Yeah, I, I realise that. But so the two reasons is. Um, lost my train of thought. Done 18s. The thing is, they have a carnival every year. Yeah. That's going to get pushed back because that's usually in mid-May. That's going to get pushed back and back and further. So they're going to have to go on last year's form with the under-17s, yeah. and that might work for a couple of people that we know. Um, but if they're going to cut... if Just say they cut down to um, 38, 6, they're only going to be taking two players. Yeah. That's the thing, and also I got the train of thought back now. Sorry, it's a serious issue, so my, my, my mind is wandering. Uh, clubs have done trades, and with future draft picks on the line, you can't skip a season. If a, a club has given, let's use Eagles as an uh, example, last year's first round draft pick, this year's first round draft pick, and then you cancel the draft, then suddenly that becomes what next week's next year's draft pick. You can't have a club having three years not being able to draft in the first round, you know what I mean? So it affects, with the future draft picks, it affects clubs majorly. So you have to have the draft. Yeah. There's already deals done, there's already picks there. And secondly, it's not fair to these 17-year-old, soon-to-be 18-year-old kids saying you can't get picked now, you can't get drafted this year. 
I don't think that's fair on them either. No, nah, no. Nah. There's got to be a lot that miss out because of this. I think, but they got to come into the system. I think they'll scrap the mini draft. Yeah. That was, you know, only 15 players probably get picked. Yeah, you know, actually, I don't think there was 15 picks last year. So I, I think that's in jeopardy. Um, so Wayne, yeah, they have to have a draft, mate. Um, who knows when it's going to be? Because no one knows when the end of the season is going to be. Um, I'm going to make a little bit of a diversion here. Uh, Ross Lyon, our um, ex-Frio mate, he brought up way to get rid of congestion to have 16 aside then Clarko jumped on it said it was good but then as soon as Clarko got pushed would you employ that this year if it got done he says oh well I'm a coach I'm out there to win so probably I'd work my way around it to congest it again yeah so um, you know I think this is another question is where I'm leading to is on the weekend what I saw well there wasn't much congestion it depends what game you watched. Our style, which we'll touch on. Oh, I'll leave that for later when we talk about game. Yeah. Our style, possession ball, swap wing. But overall... Just con- congestion a bit. But... <laughs> the stoppages were down overall. Yeah, the whole conversation has come because it make headlines and we'll talk about... This is Ross Lyon we're talking yeah. about from the school of Paul Ruse. And he wouldn't have said it last he, year if he, he was floods. coach. He, that, he was there when Flood came into the comp that yeah. style of coaching. You know, low scoring, and he did it at Saints when he became senior coach, and he did it at Freo. I'll give him one thing. He said, I am the reason why we That's exactly uh, right. have done this. But it was just funny how his first thing in media, that was his first thing he put out there, and I said, bang, wow, you've hit him straight up. But <laughs> I don't know. How do you feel? I love watching footy. Yeah, I think I love it's it. a brilliant game. Yep. Um, the fact that you touched on earlier about all these sports um, all around the world being cancelled... All the Americans watched the AFL, and they couldn't believe how quick and open, how much running, and they did. They they were amazed by the sport. They absolutely loved it because it was the only thing they could watch. So to me, I don't think the game's in trouble. I think they make these headlines to try and sell papers and that. And that you don't need a drastic rules. I love the sport. I love the game. And I love how it's played. And when it come up, they were in a bit of uncertainty about the season, and who knows if it was like Gills rang them up and gone. Boys, put someone out there to keep people talking. Let's not think about other things. So, like you said, it's a headline grabber, and people went with it. Two good, exciting teams will make an exciting game. That's it. Let's get back to cutting the clubs. You well, know what I mean? You've you only got to look at the Fremantle uh, and Essendon game to show you how yeah, badly skills are. And then you look at a, a game where, so let's just say, West Coast and Melbourne. Melbourne's skills weren't great, but when the skills are there, they look yeah. great. Um, before we get into our game, uh, Adrian Hick wants now the coach of the Waffle. Whenever it starts, he's probably sitting there going, what's going on here? I'm ready to coach, and now he can't coach until at least May 31st. I'll tell you what, congratulations, Hickmont, first and foremost. Bringing an Eagles team into the Waffle was the greatest thing, uh, not just for the club. I can't wait for the Waffle to start again. I can't wait to see all the seconds players get in the game. I love watching it again. I wouldn't watch the waffle before, and that sounds horrible, but well, AFL it. effectively killed the waffle. It yep. did. That's what happened, especially having a, two teams. Um, now having your own team in the waffle, I do watch it. I'm not invested as much as in, like, if we lose, I'm devastated like I am with the AFL, which actually isn't a real good thing that I, I like that, but I can't help it. But I love watching the waffle. I love watching the kids come through. I love seeing the mature age rookies play. I like seeing... 
people come back from injuries, you know, playing in there. I just love watching Eagles play at Waffle Level. So I can't wait for even that to come back. Yeah, I can't wait for it. And the word is that Fremantle were going to come back in 2022 into the Waffle. They might be fast-tracking that now because of the current situation. Um, and who knows what teams will survive on the Waffle. Because yeah. um, if, three, it's gonna affect, if it's going to affect... If it's going to... Um, affect uh, AFL sides, it's going to affect grassroots, same as, because that's where the money is, and at the end of the day, sports is all about money, and if people don't believe that that's that's the ultimate truth because that's the reason why the AFL probably got round one, because they got an instalment of money from the broadcasting rights, off, done so now they can sit back that pays for probably a month who knows, but there's something in it with money, and it's all about money that's it, always is. All right, let's get into the final siren. Well, let's talk about the Eagles. It's the final siren. All right, Eagles, 12 goals, 678, defeated Melbourne, 7 goals, 951, to uh, up to uh, Stadium. An eerie sound, wasn't it? I don't I think like the sound only, of it. I think um, there's only two fans in the crowd, and they were Will Schofield <laughs> and Jake Waterman, and they made a noise when Hickey got his first possession in the last quarter. <laughs> Come through on the audio. Just the, the sound of them yelling just sounded a little bit like amateur. Hour. But, mate, I loved watching the footy again, like real footy. Uh, I loved the way that he was played. Uh, the thing that stuck out to me in... It could have even been Ross Lyon. Someone once said this, stars don't win you premierships. Your side needs stars. It's the second tier players that lift and make you an elite side. And that's what I found with this game. We'll go into, obviously, more depth, but we didn't rely on the JK up forward. We didn't rely on the Gov down back. We didn't rely on our star recruit, Kelly. You know, um, it was our second tier players, and they all lifted and. To me, it was just such an encouraging... I took more out of that and the second-tier players doing what they did than if a star starred, because you expect that from... That's well, it. look at Nat Fife. That's a perfect example. And uh, take Bias away, one of the best players in the AFL. Or even the people that hate Freo can't, can't deny that. Yep. But his team is, not to insult, but quite hopeless. You know, so your second-tier player... And I think it was Ross Lyons said it. That's what you need to lift. That's what you need to rise, and that makes you the elite team that wins premierships. Well, let's have a look at some of the best from West Coast. It was Nat Nui, Gaff, Sheed, Archie, Shuey, Ryan, and Hearn. And on Melbourne, there was Viney, May, Pickett, McDonald, Oscar, uh, Petraka, and Langdon was everywhere. Uh, Ryan kicked three goals, Archie two, and young Keziah Pickett for Melbourne kicked two, and he was a bit of a lively spark. Yeah, I'll quickly talk about Melbourne just to get it out of the way. Yeah, let's talk about Melbourne then. Pickett played great. Um, Their coaching is absolutely deplorable. I I think they need to get rid of Goodwin. That's a harsh statement. But they allowed us to have a loose down back. I'm used to people tagging our backmen and not allowing us to have loose because... His coaching style, and he did the whole game. But is it the the coach? No, no, it it is because what his coach style is, he will bring an extra player to the contest. So a bounce, obviously not bounce downs because it's set up, but around clearances and around the contest, he wants that extra player there. That's what he wants because he's got quite good contested beats. That didn't work, and I found they did not have a plan B. I found we always had 
loose down back, which made it almost impossible to score. But then when we um, rebounded real quick, we had even numbers, or we almost had more plays in our forward line too because they were stuck in no man's land. So if they didn't win the clearance, that extra player became null and void and exposed them the other side. And to me, that was pure coaching. Well, it's interesting to listen to Gary Lyon and Jared Healy, both Melbourne nuts, right? And they basically said watching them was like they've learnt nothing over the preseason. They had more inside 50s than the Eagles. Um, they had more hard ball. They had um, more uncontested marks. And going into the Ford 50, they had the, last year was 38% is the worst ever recorded going into 50 and not scoring. And they had it was worse on Sunday. See, that kind of reiterates exactly what I was saying. So they can win the ball, they can get the contested ball, which they're very good at. But then when they go forward, because they've had that extra man to win the ball. You can't score from it. Is it the fault? Is it the forwards' fault, or is it the no. mids delivering the ball? It's it's coaching. The mids are doing what they want, but they are bombing it. Yeah, because they're not seeing an option. They're no. not seeing a lead because. Well, they only had to one. To me, it's the difference, coach, because Simpson will plug holes. Yeah, but they only had one leading forward in their game on the weekend. That was McDonald, right? Yeah. And he's not a great. He's not a forward. He's a backman, made into a forward because Hogan's yeah. Hogan left, right? He had a great 2018. And, and, and Wiedemann didn't play. Yeah. All the rest were small players, small forward line. Fritch, um, Kasai Pickett, um, a couple of other guys, um, Bullen. So. If they're small guys and you're bombing it, you're hoping the ball comes to ground. It's not going to come to ground when you've got McGovern, Barras, Hearn and Shepard intercepting all the marks, are they? No. And even Duggan's added that, uh, what is it, that, uh, bow? Well, that was... String to his bow, yes. That was Duggan's best game I've seen in a long time. Um, but that just shows me that the midfielders, they're getting the ball a lot, but they're not doing much with it. And, yeah, that's Sally, that's exactly Melbourne in a nutshell, isn't it? And I just want to... I'm going to bring out, uh, what am I going to try to say? Todd Viney, not Todd Viney, Jack Viney. Jack Viney, 20 of his 34 possessions were hard ball gets. Now, that was probably one of the best games I've seen him play in a long shot, long time. Um, but he had no one else helping him out. See, we, we have a history of actually tagging Viney, and I think we went more with Oliver than not Viney. Yeah, we had Yohan and Oliver. We swapped it towards the end. I think we actually swapped because he was so damaging. But, yeah, we, as a club, rate Viney quite highly. Yohan was saying it's probably his worst game he's played in a long time, and he goes, oh, he's very apologetic. <laughs> he said Oliver got a bit much of the ball, but Oliver got a lot of ball, but I haven't looked at his disposal, no, right? It's not very good, did, is it? He didn't do much at all. Like, stark contrast between Viney and Oliver. Yeah, that's it. Game, I'm saying, huge I, think, difference. I think the possessions were close, but his effectiveness is always something that I've... I've not really liked. But again, Yo's one of our All-Australian mids, isn't he? You know what I mean? And he, he did have a horrid game, uh, but that just allows... And can we talk about the man Sheed for a second? Well, we can talk Jump about your man, the goat. Yeah, because <laughs> I say that, I call him the goat, and I do it a bit tongue-in-cheek, but he's fast, like, living up to that name. His game, he can play forward now, uh, which midfielders often can't. He, he's a goal-kicking mid, He's, he's adapted. He's doing it. He's just brilliant. Like, he um, he was one of our best mids on the day, I think. So if Yo's down, Kelly's down, 
Sheik comes up again. We're talking about the second yeah. tier players, and he's just great. And um, we'll talk. Oh yeah, keep going because I will get to him soon. <laughs> I don't want to jump the gun too much. Well, to me, Nick Natnui game was saying, "I'm here. I'm still here. Don't forget about me." Because in the first half, he he gave Gorn a bath. Gorn got him back on him in the third quarter, but. Nick Natnui's first half was unbelievable. We had nine contested possessions at half time. Yeah. And that's a ruckman. See, that's the great thing was um, he still had less minutes. So his, his time on the ground was still quite limited, even with the shorter quarters. So I think he did like 61 minutes and Gorn did something like 81 minutes. It was something un, like un, almost unbelievable. Well, that could have been percent. Um But the only stat Gorn beat him in was possessions and that he had one more possession. Yeah, one more possession. Clearances. Nick Nat got clearances, yep. as you touched on. Nick Nat had, had like ten contested, contested possessions. Yeah, he had uh, goal assists, no just everything. He yeah. just blew him out of the water. It just shows how good a player Nick Nat truly is when he's on the park. And there's a lot of Victorian scribes that have a guy Andrew Gaff. But when you run 18 kilometres in a game at 16 minute quarters, that is a, a big work rate, and to pick up 30 possessions with it. Um, you, you cannot knock that guy. That guy, if most teams were calling out for a winger, he'd be the first one picked. That's where I didn't want to jump the gun because I knew he was coming up and I almost did. How can he be so elite but yet still so underrated? Because he really is. And even by our own supporters, uh, he played a lot more uh, contested game style, get the contested ball last year. So he's disposal efficient because of that was slightly down. Now he's back on the wing because we don't need him in the guts per se. And he's back just, he's running, he's positioning. Like, if there was no option, he would sprint, you know, 20 metres past the man on the mark for a chip over. He just runs and runs and runs. 30 disposals in this limited game time game that we've got now. Yep. Uh, and a goal, he's just... He's a star and just so underrated, I find. And as I said, I say that and I almost don't believe that because his numbers are just unbelievable. And was he 82% kicking efficiency? Yeah. Well, then you have a look at his opposition player. He didn't play on him in heart, um, in bits of the game he did. Ed Langdon, the ex-stocker. He had 31 possessions, but his disposals let him down. He ran all day, and I love he runs, and he did it at the Dockers, but he's got to work on his disposal. And if he got his disposal up to the efficiency rate of, say, Gaff, he'd be pushing Gaff. That, that's the difference, And that's though, the difference. It? You, you can skills. run all day, but bad kicking's bad footy, and yeah. you're not damaging, you know, and that's Gaff... Gaff da- can damage you, and that's what he does. He is such a good link-up player in that midfield. And it's not just him, but some of that movement, and that's what I love this game, that movement along the wing from defence to forward. Some of our plays were just... It was great, and it got me so excited for this season. So hopefully it's back, and hopefully it's back soon. Let's hope it's back. Um, we briefly talked about Viney. Um, a couple more Eagles. Tim Kelly, we... Can't go without talking about him. His first game officially in the blue and gold. He had nine in possessions, five marks, and kicked a goal in the third term. Probably wasn't his best game, but you had Luke Shuey that stepped up. Shuey had, what, 25 possessions or something? Um, 27, I believe, yeah. Um, like you said, Dom Sheed. Um, when you've got a midfield like Dom Sheed, um, Shuey. Yo. Yo. Gaff on the wing. Gaff. Um, Kelly 
and Redden. Redden didn't probably have his best game. you got six players that are going to rotate there. That's going to be a headache for most teams, man. Well, it's horrible because... Uh, not you, trying to you, be one You would one say Kelly was the one they paid most attention to. Not heaps. Um, and he was very serviceable. But that's what I mean. Then your second tier players lift. And I think... Um, I personally think a lot of our... I said Gaff's underrated. I think being a West Australian side and a lot of the media's in Vic, I think a lot of our midfielders are underrated. Uh, Shuey, I'd put the same bracket. We know how good he is, and people do know how good he is, but he's still underrated. They, they don't classify these as elite players. Um, where Kelly played for Geelong, the Melbourne side, and it was all... Point, now he fits into our midfield. It just shows how much talent is around him as well. You know what I mean? And... It shows, because if they're going to pay attention to Cali, Gaff is just going to do what he wants in the win. Sheed's going to do what he wants. And um, I think Shuey will have one of his best years in a long time, which is saying a lot because he's been great for so long, because he's not going to get the attention he once did. And that's it. Now, I've talked about how Melbourne had more inside 50s have bombed it in there. The best player on the ground for me, and this is just my opinion, and you might back me up, Tom Brass was best on ground to me. He was everywhere. Absolutely amazing. When you've got, and again, this is getting back to our second-tier plays, when you've got Gov, an All-Australian, Hernan, All-Australian down back, but then it's Barast that just dominated the air and just played brilliantly, um, just goes to show, like, it's it's got me real excited. It really has. Took, took McGovern a long time to get into that game. Yeah. I, I was starting to call him the turnover king there. Yeah. I think he was... Uh, Indirectly involved with three of Melbourne's goals. Now, that's from three of their goals were from really bad Eagles sloppy play that you'd very seldomly see. You, you could so you take that out of the game. It was a it's a walkover really. You could see the difference in pre seasons because yeah. they both had the foot injuries. But it's funny. So we just mentioned Barras being best in back. Then we'll go to the midfield. You've got Yo and All-Australian, Gaff and All-Australian, Kelly and All-Australian, but then I reckon Shuey and Sheed were our best two mids. Then you go forward, you know, you've got Darling and All-Australian, you've got JK and All-Australian, but yet Ryan and Archie were probably our two best forwards, yep. or you could chuck Sheed in when he was up there. That's what had me so excited. Well, let's just talk about Archie. His preseason was probably one of the worst I've seen, and... I think between me, you and Wayne, we were all saying Jake Waterman was a lock. I believe so at the time. And I was very surprised when I saw the squad come out and I was Archie there and I'm, yep, he'll probably get chopped. And then he got put in the squad. I'm like, whoa. But they must know something that we don't because... Well, that was his best game I think he's played. He had five goal assists. He kicked a couple of them himself. That's what I was going to say. His work around the ground and yeah. setting up other players was, was brilliant. So it's not just he chipped in two goals. It was he did so much work around the ground. And I'm glad for him because he got cut, put back on the rookie list. So he's gone back to 90000 a year or 50% of all that for the next uh, six, seven weeks. But, yeah, I'm glad he got a chance because um, if he was uh, next week, an next round next week, he'd be playing. Yeah, you and, could drop on that. You from know, um, and like you said, Jake Water. I mean, not Jake Water. Jack Darling and um, Kennedy. Well, you could probably forgive him. Did we even see him out there? But that's it. So much upside because the, yep. these star players that are all Australians that we just listed, they don't really have two bad games in a row, do they? You know, so it's just the sky's the limit now, and that's why. 
the seventeen round season does not worry me. I think that's beautiful. When you've got teams like say a Collingwood or a Richmond playing teams like Carlton twice that haven't oh, been yeah. good and Gold Coast, they haven't made the top eight this entire uh, yeah. century. You know, twenty years yeah. they haven't made top eight. They made finals once when they were ninth because of the Essendon sagas, but they haven't. They've been such a lowly side, and they play them twice. Yeah. They'll play Saints twice. You know, that's ridiculous. We're taking that out of the game now. Oh, it's going to even up the comp. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm interested to see how we go. I want to quickly... It's going to be a shorter show, guys. Um, but Liam Ryan, I'm not telling you how to play the game because I love how you play. But when you're kicking at goals, kick through the fucking ball, will you? Stop stabbing it. That's the only downfall about his game. Liam Ryan. He tries to guide through it. You can do what you want. <laughs> That game was so brilliant. Like, well, he could have had six goals. His what? pressure, he was another one that set up a few players and he almost had a bit of swagger about him. Yeah. He would mark and he would turn around and just walk back because he just he had that swagger about him that game. And I'm like, can he keep playing like that? That's amazing. Three well, goals, three. Well, the thing I noticed was the three goals he followed through, yeah. the three that he didn't, he shook his head and he tried to steer it through. Just follow through. There's no one in the crowd. Look somewhere, yeah. try and hit that but target. He, he used his pace. So normally he'll just sit back, jump on every pat. It looks like he's – and he did do that a, a few times. But one thing I found was – he used his pace to get off the man. He was... Oh, he was... hit up leads, you know what I mean? So yeah. he he did more than one way to goals kind of thing. And he was up the ground, you know, he was jumping on Gordon again. He, he was just... It was probably one of the most all-around best games I've seen Ryan play. I can't remember what podcast it was I was listening to yesterday, but somebody said, who was on him? Because... <laughs> I think they would have tried uh, everyone. Uh, uh, I didn't record it, so I can't go back and have a look. So if anyone knows, get onto our Facebook page and tell us who was opposed to him, you know. But it was good. The Smalls just dominated. And that's why, like, JK didn't have the greatest game, but at least he brings the ball to the ground. Yeah. That's what I found. So he wasn't having a great game himself, but I did notice he was jumping at every ball. He was bringing that ground. They didn't have many intercept marks Mm. in our forward 50. And that's great. That's what you want. If you can't contribute, you bring that ball to yep. ground. And that's why Sheed had two. That's why Archie had two. And that's why Ryan had 3-3. Three, three. You know, it, even Petrocelli di- didn't have well, the greatest game, but he got a goal. So it brought them players in. Yeah, I'm glad you just mentioned his name because I'm going to give this guy a rev up. Petrocelli, you need to do more in a game. you got speed. It's touted as the fastest in the league. Keziah Pickett coming in his first game and he ran all day up and down and he could have had probably four goals if the ball had got back to him after he'd done all the hard work. Petricelli, you've got to have a look within yourself and start imposing yourself on the game. I don't know if you're worried about if you go for it and you miss it, use your pace and get that ball and run with it because he had, what, four touches for the game. Five touches. Yeah, I think he had five. And um, it's just not enough. For a small forward, you need to impose yourself some way on the game. Get the ball, go for a run. You've got to get that ball. Yeah, it was his best great uh, game, that's for sure. But he kicked the goal. He so kicked... in a bad game, at least you yeah, you, kicked... don't, you don't give up, you know. Cause yeah, it was, yeah. was it third quarter he got that? I'm not sure. So he wasn't having a great game. At least he still tackled. Um, and I find hard being crucial on any of the players right now. 
because I, I can't say you better do better next week. Well, if I only bring that up <laughs> right, because what, what can we do? I don't know when the next week's going to be. Like. Well, when who knows when it's going to be? But if there was a next week, next week, he wouldn't be playing if I was a selector. This is something I've thought about a lot too. Is like with no waffle. Yeah, well, how, how can you pick form? How can you get match fitness? Well, this, this is why this is such a problematic year for and this AFL is, at all. And this is why I couldn't understand why they went forward when all the state leagues had been pushed back. But hey, it's done. We don't know when the footy's going to come back. Um, and so, in saying that, we don't know when the next podcast is, except that in a few weeks' time, we will be having an interview with our next champion of the Eagles, a premiership player. I'm not going to tell you which year because that might give it away, but it's going to be a good laugh. Those people that listened in the Chris Watermore one, thank you. Sorry about the sound. We did it in a different room that we've never done before, so we've learned from our mistakes. Hopefully we can get Chris back on again during the year if you know the footy gets back. Um, but you probably won't hear from us unless I post it on social media. So have a look on Facebook, have a look on Instagram, have a look on Twitter. We will put this show up um, tonight um, and I'll push it for a couple of weeks. That In the near, near side of future, that's all that's coming up on the Eagle Nation page. Um, you want to go to our brother page, which is Next Generation uh, West Coast Eagles page. We do a lot of segments on there as well. So... Unfortunately, Dan, there's not much footy, so we can't do much podcast until there's footy. Hopefully, you all got, or you guys stick around with us. Um, and let us hope for everyone's sake that everyone gets through this e- epidemic, pandemic, whatever you want to call it, safely, and we all see you on the other side, hey? That's it. Tell you what, I've missed Wayne tonight. I've waffled on more than even I normally do, which is saying saying. Because uh, how did you actually feel about the game? Because I didn't get your feelings on it. Oh, so I loved we it. broke it up, but as a whole, do you think you were happy with the Eagles? Oh, yeah, I loved it. And yeah. I didn't think I would because I saw the other games. I thought they looked like scratch matches. Um, yeah, I loved it. And I'm a bit like everyone else. Loved it, but now we've got nothing. It's a bit of a tease. And it's like, mm-hmm. so all I'm going to be doing is watching the 2018 Grand Final on Rewind, I think. No, or I might watch the whole season. You say that tongue-in-cheek, but uh, for Chrissy that year, I got the... The deluxe set of the Premiership with every yep. round, like uh, what's it called? Anyway, it's every round of that year. Yeah, well, that's I think we're going to start at the beginning of 2018 and just go through it all again. Like footy to watch, might as well watch that. I can see Channel Seven and Fox doing something where they'll put on a game a week, like a past Grand Final or something, yep. uh, just to see they keep people see what the ratings are. Um, I know. We got to find a fix somewhere because sport is what this country lives for. Um, but there's something pressing at the moment, and we got to give it our. Everyone's going to give it 110 percent and do what they say. Stay at home, don't go out, because um, this is never going to happen to me. Attitude. Well, guess what? It could happen to you, and the likelihood it is it, it will. So let's be sensible about it, guys, and. Let's just hope football's back sooner than later. That's it. Stay safe, everyone. And 16-minute quarters are here to stay. Yeah. 2021. You threw that at the end. I thought I was done waffling. No. I don't know how I feel about it because I liked watching it. I enjoyed it. But I love footy. I want more. 
I'm, I'm greedy. <laughs> I always want more. Yeah. So it's like I actually liked it, and I find we're explosive in patches. That's how we win games. Yeah. We damage people in, in explosive patches. We always have. So that format really suits us, the shorter games I'll find. Yeah, I, I didn't think it would at first, but after watching it, I'm all for it. Um, so until next time, whenever that is, uh, to stay tuned on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're on a multitude of podcast apps out there from SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Spotify. There's so many. Just listen to the show, share it around, give us a review and send us in some questions so when we do get back on air, we've got something to talk about. Yeah, hit that like button and hopefully we're back very soon talking more footy. Thanks a lot, guys, and till next time, stay safe. Man.